My name is Matt Copes. My name is Andrew Baxter. Where did that come from? Uh, this, is, <laughs> this is... This is... Up in the watermelon. Up in the watermelon. Good morning, Baxter. Good morning. Good morning, Mark. How the tables have turned. <sighs> yep. <laughs> yep. Would you, would you, We're recording would you, again. Yeah, would you like to say anything that's on your mind at all? I'd like to say that I really wish I hadn't missed our last recording so that I didn't have to get up early. Whew. You have to do this every every time. So I, kudos, yeah, how's it to you? I, I can't, I don't think I could do this every time. I probably could. Yeah, it's it's weird. Like uh, I, there's not many things I can get up for in time, but um, when someone else is is waiting for you, I guess that's one time where yep. I definitely <laughs> I'm just joking. <laughs> now I have to set like four alarms because I don't, I, I just can't get up. Well, yes. So I, I missed the last recording in classic me style. Remembered the next day. Whoops. So as the first part of my punishment, we are recording in my morning and your afternoon. Are you, are you having a nice time recording in the afternoon? Is it, is it a nice change? It was until I decided to turn the aircon off for the microphone, and oh. the second it's off, I'm sw- like I'm about to strip down to my jocks, and it's like just two p.m. and it's not even the heat wave's over. It's meant to be like thirty-five today. Bloody hell! Oh, only thirty-five. Oh my yeah, word! It's been like forty for a week. It's ridiculous. Do you want to guess what the uh, what the weather is apparently right now here? Beautiful. I don't know. Ten degrees. Uh, so the temperature. Ten degrees. Well, it's it's dark, and the degrees of supposedly is six. Oh, that's a good six number. Six degrees Celsius. Good number. It's pretty cold. <laughs> um, yeah. Are you I to, uh, not that much actually. Although I did put shoes on. I wasn't gonna. I wasn't gonna wear shoes for recording because I'm in the house. And then uh, just before, well, just shortly after getting getting up, I decided my feet were cold, so I put some shoes on. But apart from that, I've got a jumper on. And I'm also, I appear to be keeping my hands in my pockets. But I've got tea. It's not that cold. I don't think there was a frost last night. Oh, man. Jet. Oh, not like it. it. No. But 35. Oh. Oh, you poor thing. Yeah. Here's what it is. <laughs> Can't do much about it. We choose Ooh. to live here. The good thing is, like, aircon. Aircon's amazing. Yeah. Like, as opposed to all those countries that... I mean, you can still have hot days in England, but you're just not ready for it. So at least we we have that going for us. It's also it's relative. So when it's you know, if, if it got to 35 here, I, I would uh, did it get that hot last year? Did we were struggling at 30. And yeah, so it's very different, isn't it? Yeah, because we're just uh, the you're not ready for it, and because we're used to being colder. Like at least the only thing, only saving thing that you have in Australian summer is that it does work up a little bit, build up slightly, slowly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have got time to adjust. Whereas here, when it gets that hot, it's like and it's it's twenty mid twenty degrees, mid twenty degrees, mid twenty degrees. Boom, thirty five for a yeah. day or two. This one's been a bit of a surprise this week because at time of recording, it's not usually when we have the heat wave, but um, ah oh well, weather does what it wants. It's all good. Don't work in the outdoors anymore. I'm not fast. <laughs> 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 oh, nothing worse. 
But did you say you had a story to do with uh, certain alarms? Oh, well, I'll tell you what, last time last time I got up early, I think it was the last time I had to get up this early. So I did have a nice change the weekend just gone where I didn't have to get up early. That was nice. But um, so I had another one of my races go three some weeks ago. And um, this was a long one, the longest one of the year. Well, certainly the hardest one. But um, it shouldn't have been the longest one of the year, but uh, the one I dropped out of doesn't really count. So it's not really about the length. Really. It's just about, it was, it's about the girth of the race, really. Well, it, tell you what, this one was steep. So the race itself was for, for how many? 44 miles. And look, Jesus. Uh, yeah, if you if if you do the maths quickly, it's, it's that, and several steepness bits. But anyway, I mean, I had to get up really early, so we had to go down south. We had to to where the race was. We had staying in a pub hmm. nearby, about five minutes away from the uh, from the start. Nice. Alarm goes off in the morning. It's all right. Got here nice and early yesterday, so we got we were in bed early. Got to sleep. Had a nice sleep. Wake up. Get some porridge on, eat porridge, yeah. get ready, pack up, leave the hotel. And then just as we're getting into the car, I realize my phone is not in my pocket. And that's the problem because we had just locked the door after dropping our key <laughs> off. Uh-huh. So I knew it was on the bed in the room and we had no way of getting in there. One thing we did have was that as we were leaving the pub, somebody was coming in. So there was somebody we knew. We knew there was someone in there, someone in the kitchen. They were setting up for breakfast or something. So we're, we're there trying to knock on doors, uh, trying to call the hotel. And I say, look, wait here at this door. I'm going to walk around and see if I can poke my head through a window or something, or do that. Just walk around. It's in the, in the dark, basically trying to break into a pub. Yeah, first door tries locks. Walking a bit further around, I'm like, oh, I. There's, the footpath doesn't go. Oh, I know, I know what. I'll just jump over this wall onto that footpath down there, and that'll be fine. And uh, I did so, and I found out on the way down that it was not a footpath, but it was a, a ditch or a stream in. <laughs> and I found this out as I ended up knee deep, and then fell over into water. So that was a oh, good start Jesus to the day. God. And then I get, so I get back up, pretty pretty wet, muddy, walk back around. And find out that the, the, the contact has now been made and that door is open. So I didn't need to go around. So I kind of waited outside whilst I dripped slowly. The phone was retrieved. And it actually, it, it turned into a quite a good, you know, the, the race ended up, I was really annoyed though that this was meant to be a dry race. I wasn't meant to be wet. We weren't meant to have to go through any rivers or sea. And yet I managed to get wet anyway. Beforehand. Something like an hour and a half, uh, an hour before the start. Oh. Did you, so, you had time to like change socks, change what you needed to change to stay dry? No, nope. <laughs> nope. Just got on with it because I didn't have any. I didn't have a change of clothes. Of course. To to you know, I was you know I was wearing my race stuff, so I didn't I didn't have anything to get changed into. I just had to kind of suck it up and know that I would dry off. So the race started at uh, seven thirty in the morning, like jet or no, was it eight? I can't remember. But just after sunrise, and then uh, I had to. It actually went all right. Hmm. It was a good luck. I, I didn't feel that cold once we were moving. Yeah, kind of dry. Well, I didn't say it's good luck because I did get pretty muddy. And then, uh, I, unfortunately, I didn't. 
make the cutoff at the marathon distance. So I had to do the first marathon in seven and a half hours, and I did it in eight, which was a bit of a shame. But then they, I got there and I said, "Well, I guess I, yeah, I guess I timed out now." And they said, "Yeah, but basically, so the way that, the way the course worked was you did one big lap, which was the marathon, about forty four, forty five k. Then uh, you did for the just the ultra, you do another ten k loop." For the Ultra Plus, which is the one I was originally doing, you do a 15K loop and then a 10K loop. Mm-hmm. So I'd, I'd made the decision earlier in the day because it was, it was, I wasn't going great about three and a half hours in. I was kind of going, well, I'm not I'm not really going fast enough and I don't think I'm going to get any faster because it's Dorset's just hills. It's up, down, up, down, up. But anyway, I made the decision that I wasn't going to choose when I was going to stop. I was going to keep on going until I got timed out. Which when I was coming up to the end of the marathon, knowing I was half an hour past the cutoff, I was feeling like, oh, well, at least I get to go home early and we'll be home and in bed. And then I get there and they tell me, oh, no, you can keep on going if you want, just on a different course. We've got course. great news. You can- well, that's the decision made for me. I'm not- We've got great news. You can fail over here if yeah, you want. You can keep on going. Then. So as a set off, I'm glad I did, though, because um, whilst it took me a while to do that extra loop, I finally got to do a bit, finish in the dark, Get my head torch out. Get some, get some practice. You know, going along, going along at night and stuff, which is very different. It, it, it feels you don't feel as lonely in the day, but it's weird how I didn't feel. It's not that I felt lonely. It's just I felt a bit more alone, a bit more exposed. So I got I don't know, once I had to put a couple of layers on because it got a bit cold. But apart from that, I just kept on going. It was weird, however, that at one point, uh, what was it? My my quads gave out before my hamstrings. And I know this because going downhill hurt Ooh, more than going uphill. Right, yeah. Yep. Because I'll be, I'll be going down. There was some pretty steep downhills as well. And you're going down them and you start really feeling it. And at one point I was thinking, I was worried that one of my quads was going to tear because I just wasn't fit enough. And then, uh, and then get to the bottom and go, Oh God, now I've got to go uphill and then go start the uphill. And go, Oh, actually <laughs> this is a lot more comfortable. Isn't it funny how you, your legs can just give in. up. Like I was working fine. I was trying, I was trying, and then I decided not to work anymore. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and then, uh, yeah, so but f- finished off, got, got some soup. It's weird how nice instant noodles are when someone oh, says yeah. to you, they're going to like some noodles. Yeah, I love some noodles. Chocolate and cheese sauce on it. But that was, that was, that was, that was the day. Did you? Yeah, so, that, so getting up for me has gone well so far. <laughs> do you find when you do, I've only ever had this with like a, I guess there was this charity bike race and they had the, you know, the medium and the long distance and the medium was, was pretty much the, the length of the coast of, of, of Perth, but the length one was just to do another little bit again. And so I, I got to the end and I was like, oh, I'm pretty happy. I've seen everything that I wanted to see. And the guys that, that are going again, like I didn't feel the need to do that extra loop because if it's just re- rehashing old ground, it's like, oh, why, why would I do that? Is there anything? I would definitely rather that it was actually an extra loop. Uh, not not uh, like um, just a longer course yeah. because going around again, doing a bit you've done before was not as satisfying. But also it's just easier at yeah. that time of day. And you, because you're doing this because it was the start that you did again. So I saw that at the beginning of the day, and I was like, "Oh, I'm going to be back here doing this bit in about ten hours." And um, it made it a lot easier to navigate. Well, that's true. Although it does also mean that you're there going, "Oh, God, I really did go back." (laughs) Yeah, I guess having having the darkness Uh, makes it. It's nice when you've been. 
it makes some things easier and some things a lot harder because when you can see how much hill you've got left, that can either motivate you because you know it's not far, you can get on with it, or it can demotivate you because you know that's a long way. So when you kind of haven't got that, all all you can do is keep on going. So that that helps, but you get pretty tired. I still don't know. Like, uh, I, I, oh. is is this getting close to the like? Uh, I'm not sure the terminology is it ultra marathon, like the hundred k races. Is that something that you're eyeing eyeing off, or is that just a different league? Or I'm definitely looking at getting to that kind of distance. After trying last time and not getting anywhere near, we uh no, what was it? We yeah, we, no, we tried doing 110k, a fairly flat one, and that's the one that didn't go well. So I'm trying to work up to that now. I was looking at some really long races around about in a couple of months' time, but I've decided that I'm going to put them off for another year because I'm building up to – I'd like to do – have you heard of the Ultra Tour de Mont Blanc? Have uh, I no, spoken about this no. before? I can't remember. Okay, so there's yeah, there's a, a race called the um, Ultra Tour de Mont Blanc, which is um, around Mont Blanc. It's around the Mont Blanc Massif. It starts in Chamonix, goes – anti-clockwise around to Comayeur and then goes back around to Chamonix and it's a hundred miles long and stupidly steep and you're in the Alps. So it's quite high up and that's, that's a hundred miles and it's one of like the most, it's one of the most famous ultras. You have to qualify for it. I think you're confusing races with pilgrimages. Like I think you're doing a pilgrimage. You might feel it's like that. That the, I'm not planning on doing that one as such. I'm planning on working my way up to the um, the CCC, which is the Comayeur Chamonix Chamonix, Chamonix, Chamonix. Uh, race, which is a hundred kilometers, and it's, it's, it's so it's the last hundred kilometers. You knock sixty k off the beginning or so. Which again, you still have to qualify for. So you have to do enough. Qualify, you have to do two races that are long enough, or steep enough, or exposed enough. So I'm, I was looking at doing some races like that to get these qualifying points and now i'm kind of thinking oh i still need to build up to those so i'm going to do some more this year some slightly longer ones maybe but not the stupidly long ones i was looking at because it's just it's very you try to just push yourself through it but it's actually surprising how even if you're going just a bit further it's really hard to just force yourself to keep on going so you have to kind of build up the mental resilience and the idea that you will get there. And, uh, yeah, I've decided that I'm going to have to, like, all my plans for that when I was lying up and going, like, oh, I'll do this race this time, this day, this, this race this time, and try and qualify for, I think it was 2021 I was trying to, I was looking at doing. Now I'm looking at not doing it any earlier than 2022, just because I won't, won't be able to. So I'm looking at doing 100 kilometers and 100 miles, but not there yet. A 50 miler would be first. I'm intrigued with these races. Like uh, I've seen a bunch of like novelty races online, especially virtual races. And, and a lot of these things have very pretty, chunky, decent medals. And I know that some of the ones I've seen from you had had good medals. What, like, what percentage of a mental game does this medal have on you participating in the event? Because for me, it would be quite high. If it's a pretty medal... I want to do it more, I'm guessing. Now, see, this is the interesting thing that participating, so like choosing whether I want to do something, the medal isn't really important. And they all all say as part of the race fee, you're going to get 
stops and you can get support and you'll get a medal. And I kind of just sign up and go, yeah, I don't care about the medal. But when you're doing it, that medal is what gets you to end. <laughs> just like, like when I was doing this one, I was very concerned that I was going to get given the wrong medal because I'd changed class and I was like, I don't want to be given the medal I didn't deserve because I don't want – like when you don't finish a race, I don't want that medal. Uh-huh. Because I just, it, it's apart from I mean, most of them just get in the way. I'm just going on now. Like the, some of the medals that I learned, earned a what long time ago, I don't really, you know, they're just taking up space that I've got. So I don't want them all. But uh, yeah, so when, when you get one, that's the kind of the thing that says, this is so that you, you can prove you've done it. You've done it. And it's not as important to prove to someone else. But I don't wear them into the office. I should, maybe. I don't know. But uh, when you get them, then that's the kind of your validation of, you uh-huh. you completed something and it's it's very sometimes at the time where you you don't care but uh mm-hmm. sometimes you do i guess it kind of depends on how well this so this race didn't go really well for me so when i finished i was happy to be done but um it wasn't quite as nice as some of the one, like one which i've done when it's gone really well it's almost like a physical uh, physical so that's to train more. Of, uh, mental challenge really that that can't be captured any other way and you almost don't want a participation award you want it to be like uh, you only get this if you achieved it yeah i think there's one i'm trying to think of races now where we would have been timed out because i think the one we got close at was the ultra tour of aaron on the second day we made one one we made the two last cutoffs like the one at the last cutoff on the course we made that bang on i think we only a minute later we would have been past the cutoff and then uh the final cutoff we had it was the course was a 12 hour cutoff and we finished in 11 hours 59 so that one was pretty close but there's somewhere like, i've been given the medal and i kind of gone oh, i didn't really do it i can't think of which ones they are now though have we been timed out anywhere I'm still got the medal. oh the ones where i meant to do two laps and only did one that time they give you medal you're like oh snapped it in half <laughs> No, you still you still did one lap, yeah. But, yeah, that's annoying when you yeah you you're there getting really annoyed that I wasn't fast enough and uh, got timed out, and then you check the results and go, well, actually, I did it in quite a good time. It's just that I just I was stupid. Enough the guy to handing out the medal, he's like, we well, got a thousand of these to get rid of, and I've got the date on them. They're literally no good to us. Like, take the bloody thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, take them. Do you want one for a friend? Have one. <laughs> Got them just lying around. Ah, interesting. Maybe I should ask sometime. Like, oh, can I have a spare just to <laughs> give away? I, I do that. Re- like, uh, when, yeah, whenever there's a freebie or something, I'll always rope in Nat when she's not there. I'll just say, that, oh, can I get a, another one for my girlfriend? She's uh, she's in the car or such and such. I always give you two. It's great. Good, good life hack. Does she ever generally, want? Generally, generally not. If it's free, it's, it's generally something that's appealed to me and not to anyone else. <laughs> well, I just love it. <laughs> Speaking of challenges, we mentioned last episode about a, yeah. a challenge to do with the phones. We're mentioning about the phone foyer. What, what mm-hmm. do you recall of that challenge? So, uh, I can. Who was it? The where did you get this idea from? I can't remember now. Yeah, some kind of book, I think. It was a book. No, that's good. Uh, the uh, link is in the show notes. But the idea is that if we were phones used to only be, you know, attached to the wall. So if a pho- the phone was in the house, it was in the hall or somewhere. 
And if you wanted to use the phone, you had to go to the phone. And now we don't because the phones are, you know, we've got mobile phones that are much better than that. So we tend to have them on us all the time. And the idea of this was to go back to the idea of it being a fixed point where you have to go to it. So when we get home, the phone goes on charge in a place that's not next to the bed, a bit important, and stays there. And if you want to use it, you have to go to it. And if you don't want to stand there, then you don't use it. So you can use it whenever you want as long as you're uh, next to the thing. And I think it went well for me. I, I decided to have it at the other end of my room, away from my bed. So I still had to – it's still a place I wouldn't normally stand to use it. And I think it went well. How did you How did you go uh, with it? Yeah, I definitely will be realistic and say I forgot about it at certain times. <laughs> I had a little sticky note and – I had a spot where I'd put it, but then you'd occasionally forget and uh, end up in the lounge room or something with you. And um, and I'd probably say it was in the spot um, a third of the time and a bit, bit disappointed at the time. But I, I did third. <laughs> I thought about it more, but uh, I definitely, if there was a competition, it sounds like I would have lost it. But it definitely did make me think about it more. Like uh, you'd catch yourself, like you didn't think about it for a couple of days and be like, oh, that's right, the challenge. I'm going to have to like admit this later <laughs> and I'll put it back. But yeah, my major week, which I think triggers it, is well, like if I can't go to sleep, the bad habit that I've gotten into the last year has been like listening to a podcast and usually with like an earphone in, don't disturb anyone. And um, mm. but that means the phone comes next to the bed. And so whilst in any other time the phone doesn't go in the bedroom, it does if I'm having trouble going to sleep, which sounds weird. But And then, and then that just snowballs the rest of it. So that's the habit that I need to, to cut off next. But sorry, what were you going to say? Oh, no, it's, it's, it sounds similar to me. I, I found myself um, thinking about it more than, uh, more than doing it where I would. So the first thing I noticed was how much, of the time I'm using my phone and I'm not particularly doing anything mm-hmm. except wasting time on my phone. God, we can just waste. Like, it's it's frustrating. <laughs> I, I've been reading a few books about uh, uh, like writing habits of authors and things like this, and and just makes you like conscious of like these people that are doing like uh, making great things. They're all. Uh, there's the alarm clock. They're um. You know, they've got the same amount of hours, blah, 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 in the same day. But you can literally cull a whole bunch of time. Like another bad habit I've got that I'm glad I'm conscious of it now is like when I drive in the car and park in the driveway, instead of just getting out of the car and going to the door like a regular person, I'll like just grab the phone, do a quick like, I don't know, email, Facebook check, see what's going on, see if anything's updated in the last seven minutes since I drove from the petrol station to home. <laughs> and that's... uh you know, like those things do add up for sure. Every time I park, if I'm doing that, which I likely am, man, that, that time could be better spent doing something else. I well, I found that when, so when I when I started doing this, I yeah chose the place it was going to be, and it was there anytime I was home, and it it was it was encouraged me to not you know just go on the phone to waste time. I found. A couple of, well, the first of all was when um, we, I can't remember when we started. We started sometime like a yeah. Wednesday or something. It wasn't a whole week. But my my phone on the the next Monday told me, oh, by Whoa. the way, your usage was down 
which uh, was concerning. Was very concerning. I was like, "That's pretty cool," but also, how much was I using my phone? But um, I think most of the time that I've lost, or, or, or most of the time I'm now not using my phone, was when I'm watching TV, which is a good thing because I keep on getting annoyed that I'll be watching TV and then I'll not be watching TV because what I'm actually doing is just scrolling my phone, just doing nothing. I go, "What's the point of trying to like?" If I'm going to ignore the entertainment I've got in front of me by just doing a thing, oh yeah, that isn't that you joke about that, and uh, very common. That's kind of kickstarted the whole idea. Yeah, it kickstarted me thinking about how much time I spend on my phone where I'm not actually doing anything in particular, and I'd rather I don't notice. You don't notice you start Reddit's quite bad for this. Is when when I start scrolling on Reddit, but. Yeah, that was a huge amount. It went down. It's leveled out a little bit more, but it is still down overall. The the thing I found, uh, um, the, I was going to say, um, the thing uh, that these, these books have been saying is that you know stopping one stopping it is one thing, but it's it's what you you still have to fill the time that you would have done the void with something else. Otherwise, you'll on purpose. Otherwise, you'll slip into just uh, some different habit. Mm-hmm. You know, so maybe you won't look at your phone, but maybe you'll I don't know watch home and away which is like worse than looking at the phone uh, that's that's kind of yeah i see where that is i was making sure that when i was spending that time doing something that i wanted to do although that does kind of start to blur the lines between when you're like if i want to watch something and i want to actually focus on that then i can start getting uh, transitioning into something i don't really want to watch but i, I found it was it was very interesting and very it was very helpful for me to try and kick off the idea of just don't be on your phone doing something if you don't want to be doing. Like it's useful. I got used to always that just filling the any time any spare time I had was just on board. I always get the phone out. I've not, I'm not doing that as much. I've got worse over the last couple of days, and I definitely felt towards the end. I'm like, oh, I need to record a code so I can stop doing this. But it's it was good. I would recommend it definitely for something. It's interesting seeing once you just take it away, how much you think about it, but also how list, how, you, how much you don't think about it at the times when you realize, like on reflection, you go, oh, actually, all this time I would normally have just mm-hmm. done nothing, but I've actually got a couple of things done. I did have to, mm-hmm. I did have to tweak the rules okay. a little bit. So there's, here's some of my suggestions, which was, um, first of all, I found there were some times when I was in the house and I didn't go past where I would normally charge the phone. Mm-hmm. I come a bit different bit of the house or something. So I made the rule of the phone doesn't have to be in that point all the time, but it does have to be there for me to use it. So if I was coming home just for a bit, just for lunch, I didn't have to go all the way over there just to put my phone down, but I couldn't use it, so That's I had to stay in my pocket the entire fair. time. I did change that a couple of times. And then I also found that... Uh, if I wanted to do something with the phone away from it, I had to go and get it. I actually found that it feels annoying sometimes when you have to do that, but in the end, it's kind of, it's not as, once you get used to it, it's, it's not as distracting as you think it would be because all the time I'm thinking, oh, I could just get that done now instead of having to go all the way over there and do that. And it's more useful to have my phone around to, to help out. But um, when I really wanted to do organize something, I would just go and use my computer or or just leave it until I'm in the office and then do it there. It's funny how we... It's, yeah, it's definitely tricky. I have... Oh, oh, I have... 
Oh, no, sorry, I have found that. Um, oh, what was I saying? Oh, I found that I've been when I'm out of the house, I've been using my phone a bit more. That's uh, kind of as a when once I'm allowed to use it, I sort of add them back into it. So I think I definitely need to go back to. I should only be using my phone for the, unless I'm actually using it for something useful, like calling the bank or something or something like that. But you know, I shouldn't be using things for like for things like Reddit unless I'm say stood up because that way it's going to limit how much I do that and encourage me to stop. Whereas if you can sit down and do that kind of things, watching YouTube or watching Netflix, that way you get too comfortable and you just don't stop because all these things are designed to keep you using that service or whatever anyway. So you need to fight it and have a way to be like, no, that's actually a thing. I think during doing this, I had one notification where my phone said, yeah, you're about to run out of your uh, allocated social media time for the day because I've got a thing set for screen time where it limits my – oh, what is it to? I can't remember. But, um, yeah, that went off once. Oh, it doesn't actually no, – doesn't go off very often, but I think that's because it doesn't include Reddit in that. Do you think you'll keep doing this challenge or do you think you will uh, amend the rules further? I think it's definitely worth um, sort of – not so much amending the rules. Well, yeah, amending the rules and make keeping some of the, some of it because I reckon there's some bits of it that I quite like. I, overall, I liked it. Mm-hmm. I think it's a good thing, and I would encourage other people to do it. But the things I would probably change how strict I am on it. If, if you, you loosen it up a couple of times, so the problem uh, I do see how that can kind of blur into like if I use it as a reward, then that's not going to help, is it? Because then I'm just going to want to do it more. But uh, there's some cases where if I want to do something specific. Like, I need to book something. I'm not going to worry too much about going, getting my phone, going back to where I was, and then trying to make sure that I go and put it back later. Actually, I found that. Um, I don't know if you found this, but I found that if I got it wrong, if I used it when I shouldn't have, I found it unhelpful to be really annoyed about that. I would tend to instead just stop using it at that point. Like, oh, I'm not meant to using it here stop that and that's okay like getting it wrong is okay and then try and go put it back later yeah i think it's important not to be too harsh on yourself like uh as soon as you realize it then you just uh give yourself a smack on the bum and uh and and continue on as if uh, it never happened i think yeah definitely because if, if you if you get too strict about it or too wound up then you, if you feel like you failed too much then that means you're just going to stop because it's just going to be a case of oh Oh, it's gone wrong. Oh, well, I might as well. What's the point? So I found more that it was, if I found myself going wrong, I was like, oh, gone wrong. Oh, well, just you've noticed now, so that's going to yeah, go and put it yeah. back. The awareness is half of it. So yeah, I think it went well. Are you going to keep doing it? Yeah, for sure. Like uh, I'm definitely going to try and amp it up because I, I let myself get slack. But um, I, it's kind of like a principle I'd like to get better at because I think it's such a grey area that uh, we all have opinions of, but we don't really do what we say kind of thing. Like a do what we say, don't do what we do. And so I'd like to like to be better at, at, at that, I think. So, yeah, definitely. I like little experiments like that just to, to do it. But, um, yeah, good thing my phone is old and lasts like an hour anyway, so it's constantly on charge. So that certainly helps. <laughs> it's horrible. Speaking of one thing that I did get done, yep. although not as much as I want to, was that I did read more because I decided, right, phone has to be over there, can't do that in bed, 
But you know what you can do? You can read those books you've been planning and reading for a really long time. And I read about half of one I've been planning to get around to. But I did do a lot of crosswords, which um, when I say that out loud, doesn't sound as good as <laughs> in, it does in my head. But I wanted to do that. That's right. You should have sort of like uh, front loaded with it. You did something that you've really been looking forward to and just ended it there. You didn't have to say crosswords. <laughs> no, I've definitely got like a, a a yearning for more. Like I'm not sure for a, maybe like five five or so years ago when I was just started getting my like first second smartphone. I was like, man, these are so powerful. We can do like everything with them and it was all about like you know because I, I had a paper calendar at the time I was like oh, I'm going to put it in my like digital calendar and all this kind of thing and put all my appointments and that and then I don't know like anything that I had on paper I wanted to do on the phone and then you, you're so limited even on the games you could play there wasn't much but you wanted to play more but now like for the games perspective I see these these trailers and new things come out and they're you know console quality graphics and it's like, ah, oh, I don't really want to play it on my phone. Or there's all this stuff that I could do on the phone. It's like, oh, yeah, but I'd rather I'd rather read an actual book. I'd rather do something that I can actually hold rather than, than on the phone. So I've noticed in myself I've gone like a full 180 in the last few years, which has been interesting. But, yeah, I kind of don't want to don't use it much at all. It's a very much a case of it. this is almost too powerful because we can – do so much on the phone, but we really shouldn't. And it just, just, yeah, scary. Yeah, I hate it when you're doing something on the small screen. By the way, that's probably enough sound like oh, old yeah. man. I was going to say, it's, it's, you're using this small screen, you're like, I could just get my laptop out. That's portable. And it's heaps easier. <laughs> yeah. Remember all those things that I spent a large amount of money on so that I can do what I'm doing now, but on a bigger <laughs> screen so I'm not squinting. <laughs> uh, but speaking of wasting time, I want to know if you oh. have watched anything on disney plus i have not watched anything on disney plus no it kind of i've when disney plus came out and i'm pretty sure it's cutting this out here in this country i was a bit kind of my, my reaction mostly was well what's this where did this come from because it, it kind of just turned up like oh disney plus is out tomorrow and it's it's got, it's got loads of shows on it and i was very confused but i'm not really i i, I don't feel that motivated to guess uh-huh. it mainly because of yeah Got one. I, I I watch Netflix, but um, I used to have Amazon Prime, and I cancelled that because I just wasn't using it very much. And I'm one, I'm thinking now. I've got so many things on Netflix I want to watch. Adding an extra service to that, well, a cost me more money, not good, and b just mean that I've got more that I'm not watching. Uh-huh. I what about you? Have you been, have you got? Are you going to tell me you got Disney Plus? No, I don't. But I'm just intrigued by it. I. I think if I, you know, you had a kid or something, you'd probably it's easy, you know, it's easy entertainment for when you need to. Like a lot of those Disney films and Pixar stuff, I love, but I never was a DVD collector, so like I, I don't watch things multiple times. Apart from, you know, you may go for a binge on a on a like a Harry Potter series or something else on Disney, but you know, something may rewatch stuff. But um, I don't know, like I kind of watched it once, and then the one the one thing that I want to watch is the Star Wars series that everyone's talking about, hearing good and bad things. But I, I just a sucker for special effects. But the I guess the reason I brought it up was because, uh, and we've been watching some good stuff on Netflix. And if there was ever a time where I thought, oh, you know, is Netflix really good? Because sometimes you spend like 
20 minutes just scrolling through Netflix going, what am I going to watch next? Because it has to be great. But there's been some good stuff. Like we watched one last night and it had uh, Ryan Reynolds as the main actor and turns out it was a, a Michael Bay movie. And I don't know what the, the budget for this thing was, but it was like a cinema quality in my perspective of a movie. Like if I saw this in the, in the cinema, I'd be pretty happy. And I don't think maybe my expectations were low, but I kind of didn't expect it from a Netflix film. I'm not sure about you, about the quality, but uh, it's called Six Underground. If you haven't seen it, I would I would recommend it. Some of the Netflix films I've seen have been exceptional. Uh-huh. Yeah, I, I mean, they used to have make very good TV series. House of Cards is very good, although I don't recommend it anymore. So what? What? They're, I'm trying to remember the other Netflix. I mean, I know Stranger Things is very popular, but I've never seen it. BoJack Horseman. That's, actually, that's a good point. A lot of the good shows they've done, or the ones that they started doing, were picking up a cancelled series and then completing that. Arrested Developments, an example. Or um, was BoJack Horseman on Netflix? I think it was. Yeah, I've seen it on there. But that, I mean, that's really good. But yeah, the, they've been kind of getting into films for a while. I, I recently watched, probably heard of it, The Irishman, which is very good, but set aside a day because it's three and a half hours long. And it's weird. Yeah, it's 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 funny how... Whenever you read about these online, and I'm I'm sure, actually no, I, I, it's my turn to, to give a conspiracy yes. theory out. I'm sure that uh, a lot of the media is purposefully trying to spin all of the Netflix stuff as not counting, and they're like, oh, it doesn't count because it's not unfitted. And I reckon that's a very a much a, an attack from the main studios that are scared that Netflix because Netflix doesn't have to worry about distribution as much, they're saying, oh, no, they shouldn't be allowed to do awards because they're not right. planning on releasing it in a theatre. And I reckon they're doing that just because they're scared about what Netflix is able to to do with this. And they kind of think, we, we, we don't want to have to go into that. We don't have to invest in our own streaming service. So they should just stop them anyway. But there's, some of them are so good. Yeah. And there's, there's no, I don't think any there's any reason why it shouldn't count because they're still yeah, it's still a film. They put it on for the whatever the amount required is, so that it counts. But the some some of the uh, rules you have on which, which to make it qualify for certain awards do seem a bit fussy. Is a word I would use where they just kind of say, "Oh, it has to be on for this long at this many places," and you go, "That's very arbitrary." But they there's some really good content on there and just saying oh because it's released on the streaming service you shouldn't be able to use it people are watching it like that like you need to keep up with how moment, you know, how media is being distributed we shouldn't have said oh film's being released on DVD now that shouldn't count if it's released on a DVD yeah I mean this literally screams like multiple industries where this happened like uh, in cartooning for instance when, when web comics became a thing yes there was a lot of low quality which I would probably fall into but um, it's 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 not a that's not a, f- a deciding factor in the overall quality of what something might be, and so like a lot of the I don't know traditional cartoonist awards just ignored digital comics completely. Where now a lot of mainstream comics are are created digitally, and same with like uh, book publishing. How you know mainstream publishers would be would shun anything released on a Kindle, say Kindle only, for instance, because there's a lower barrier to entry and there might be a higher percentage of garbage, but there's still just as much potential for anyone to be just as good at writing as as someone that's been picked up. 
and like this yes yes netflix has got um they've got like a lot of of lower overheads because of that because of that traditional stuff but i'm curious to how like i know they purchase a lot of like a lot of um documentaries or something will do their their circuit of festivals and things and then they'll put it on netflix and get it get it selected for i guess more revenue like the tail end of things but i don't understand how like this for instance this yeah. this uh, michael bay film how it's a high budget film and where traditionally a film would get like a, a studio, like you'll, you'll pitch your story to a studio and they'll say, all right, we're going to spend $10 million on this story. And then depending on, uh, you know, how it gets made and how the first weekend goes, they either make the money and a lot more based on the risk they've made of choosing to make it or they or that's a flop and they just hope that one of their other movies takes up. So they're just like massive piles of cash basically. But I don't understand how this like a movie like this can get made or a big series on Netflix when it's not like more people are going to subscribe when they hear about this movie, but they're just going to have all the people that are already on there watch it. Like I, I don't know where, I don't know where the money comes from in that respect. Like maybe they think it's a success because their dropout rate is lower if they release more things. And maybe that's, that that money is you know considered income. I don't I don't know how that that works. If that makes any sense. I, I, I see. I, I don't know how it works. It does make it does seem a bit weird that they can just release it on a streaming service. So I pay nothing extra to get this, but yet they spend however much you know, large yeah. amounts of money on it. I, I guess it mustn't. It does entirely depend on they want to have mass the the, the really expensive films they're making. They want to make sure that they're massive and they pull people into the platform. I think they're also worried about retention. Mm-hmm. So they seem to have an issue. They're very concerned about how many people don't stay with Netflix. So they need to kind of keep on releasing things so that you have it, mm-hmm. it's still this shiny new thing. TV shows are very much the case. Like The Crown, they were going on about that series coming out for ages. It's still quite good. But it's if they... If they're making money, yeah. Yeah, I guess they're yeah. making money. There, there's this other show. I won't give much spoilers about this. It was a. Uh, it's called the movies that make us. They had the toys that make us as well. So there's a cool few cool ones. But there's this one about the Home Alone movie. Just since we're talking about like uh, the industries and stuff, and it was this funny story, a part to the story where the whole thing almost didn't happen. Where they had the the whole film being made in like an old deserted school. So they remade all the offices and they built the entire house set in a gymnasium and they wanted uh they needed 10 million to make this movie happen and this was considered a low budget film when it was made so like 20 years ago i guess and basically uh the, the as they were making it the the budget kind of ballooned out a little bit and they ended up wanting 13 million i think instead but the studio would only give 12 like it was a matter of a million where the the company didn't want to pay them out for it while they're making it and they the whole project got canned and without saying too much about other stuff it's uh it was actually got picked up by another studio and so while one studio was going through all the offices to tell everyone that um the movie the project had been canned you've you know you haven't got a job here anymore go home just pack everything up and go the boss would come in each room straight after and go oh don't worry we just got someone else paying our paycheck now so they just completely changed 
And the other company was like, uh, you know, we like what you're doing. We think it's great. Just uh, just keep doing what you're doing as if nothing's changed and um, we'll just give you the money instead. And jokes on the first company because it made a bucket load of money. I didn't realize that it was like, yeah, regarded so up in the top number. three of like Star Wars when it was released in the, in the box office. So, man, I didn't realize it had that much of an impact. Well, we're still talking about it. It's interesting, isn't it, how some of the, the biggest success stories we have from low, uh, what would be considered low-budget films, there's not that many massive-budget films that become huge sensations, but that's mainly because if you spend a quarter of a billion dollars on a film, it needs to make a billion dollars for that kind of success to happen. So it needs right. to be like an Avatar-level right. event. Whereas if you, cause if you spend $100 million on a film and then it makes $110 million, that's uh, not that great return uh-huh. on investment, is it? You just, yeah, you made ten million, but you showed up. Though. You've successfully made a very polished turd in that case. <laughs> hey, did you see the um the new trailer for the uh, Sonic Ooh, movie with the changes? I did. I I'm I think yeah. Granted, the new Sonic looks a bit more like Sonic, and I'm not. I'm a bit surprised uh-huh. they make it like that anyway in the first place. But uh, I don't. I don't know if it's. As so, again, this is something I got from Reddit, where Reddit blew up about this and was like, "Oh, look, it's amazing! A studio listened to the internet." And I'm thinking, oh, "Did they listen to the internet, or did they listen to the focus groups that they were talking to?" This kind of thing's happened before. I don't see why it's that bigger. It's, it's like, there's there's been times before where they've had to do a re-edit or they've changed things just to make it more popular. I don't think with this one, it's it stands out that much, although. Maybe it's just because everyone's very possessive about Sonic and I don't know why. Yeah. Are you are you excited about the Sonic film? Oh, I'm the same. I, you know, when that whole discussion was happening, I was like, well, you know, it's just, it's just an interpretation, the first one. Like, it's still going to be great. But having seen the second one, it's, um, I agree. It looks looks way better. Like, uh, the changes that they made, however they made it, look look like it's going to be good. I just, I just hope the movie doesn't end up becoming about the conversation that happened rather than like the end result, which it will no doubt happen. Like it will always be that movie that got changed rather than the Sonic movie. Anyway, how's, uh, how, how's cartoon life going for you, Copes? Well, yeah, it's been a big, big couple of months. Pretty exhausted. <laughs> Pretty looking forward to Christmas. <laughs> but uh, I think last time we chatted, we, I was uh, getting ready for a market. And that went well. Got some uh, bunch of sales and, and bunch met some people, and um, it was a pretty cool first experience of uh, just getting ready for it. Was pretty tough, just like uh, having some things that are for sale. And um, did I did I mention it had it happened yet last time we talked? I think you were ah, winding up, like you were building up to it last time we spoke about this. And um, yeah, so the show went well, and and met some new people, new friends that. Uh, that are in the kind of comics or art scene in, in Perth, but pretty excited for the new year. I'm hoping to um, go to a bunch more now that I'm that I'm set up. So we'll see how the, the new year unfolds. But as part of that, I decided to set up an online store for the things, and I was pretty damn proud of how that how that came out. I think uh, I decided to do it because I've seen this a bunch with Kickstarters where you can you sell a Kickstarter, have a comic book or something, and then uh, they they say, oh, you know. We're about to ship your product. Is there anything else you want to purchase from us because we're about to send and we can literally just put it in the envelope with it? And I thought that was a real neat concept. So that's what I did. And I got all those products I sold at the markets and put them online and, and uh, yeah, just offered that to, to Kickstarter backers. And 
and a bunch of people took it up, which was pretty cool. So got to send some whole whole bags of goodies. I pretty much just finished sending out envelopes as a recording just probably a week ago. So it took a <laughs> there was a few more calendars this year. So it was um a bit of a process. The the lady at the um post office got to know me. She she clicked after the third or fourth day that it was the same person coming in with a new pile of things for her. So, wait, this took multiple trips? Oh, yeah. This, I think I did like four trips this time. Just because like every time you go as well, you've got, well, I've figured figured out by myself the the post office, I guess, formulas. They've got their, their tables and their graphs. But, you know, based on countries, based on weight tiers and based on the type of package you have, whether it can be considered a a, a letter package or a, or a parcel package, is all just varying prices. And it's yeah, so you go in, you'd be like, oh, you know, these much weigh this much because also my scales are different to their scales. And I had this one parcel that was two grams <sighs> over, two grams, and that put it up like ten dollars. Just cut it yeah, off. That it. was pretty much cut off a corner of this envelope. God damn it! But no, it's like there are sticklers for weight. So like. uh there was your envelope. I wanted to like slip something. Like I, I maxed out your envelope, and I basically a postcard extra in your envelope was going to cost me ten dollars. I was like, I'm sorry, Baxter. This postcard is not destined for you. <laughs> <laughs> it's in the different tiers. So, and, and a news story happens. It's funny, yeah. isn't it? By the way, I can do this to save money, but. Uh, but if I do put the extra stuff in it, it's suddenly going to cost a yeah. lot more money. So actually, you don't yeah, get it. Yeah. But I managed to get the stuff in you want in it, which is good. But uh, what, this year, the first time ever happened, I was like, oh, I got this package for Finland. And she's like, um, yeah, we can't send that. I was like, what do you mean? You can't send to Finland. I'm sorry, what? Yeah, yeah. And she said, oh, we can't send any packages to Finland. I was like, oh, that's very weird. But apparently, they had, a, they had some strike that um, all the posts, they just had mail piling up in Finland. And they just couldn't get anything delivered, which I think is very scary. I told this to us, like, what's Santa going to do? Because everyone knows that's where Santa's head office is. And um, <laughs> apparently she didn't know this because she didn't laugh. But, uh, yeah, it turns out a couple of days later it all, it all came good. But it was crazy. Like, imagine being a country and sending out a memo to all the other countries say, sorry, we're not taking anything because we're on strike. But uh, got that way. That's, that's mad, I guess. Oh, it can happen anyway. Yeah. But yeah, strikes. So France isn't striking at the moment, which is a bit concerning because I'm going there in a month and a half. I hope it's not striking anymore by that point. I think they, they're the inverse of anywhere else. So like they're usually on strike and when they're not, that's when it's a surprise and a, and a <laughs> problem. It is the default state, yeah. But actually had an interesting, just lastly on the Kickstarter, I uh, had a problem with... Um, a few of the few of the calendars. I like to do a bit of QA myself and just flick through, make sure they're they're good. And we had, had a had a few that were um well, probably a good third actually that were not good. And um I just contacted them back, said, Hey, uh, what can we do about this? And like, uh yeah, no worries, we'll uh we'll uh resend you them all. <laughs> uh what? Yeah, we'll just uh what? I don't know. Sorry for the inconvenience, we'll just uh reprint them for you. Well, to to be perfectly, because then all of a sudden got real guilty. I was like, "Look, to be honest, I can salvage like for half to two thirds. Like they're fine, but you know, just this this other one. Like, oh no, it's fine." So, Copes has turned out to have thirty kilograms of calendars to distribute <laughs> this year, <laughs> and I've got a, a little pile left over that I'm 
frantically before the end of the year, before New Year, trying to like contacting a few stores in Perth and putting a few different places online to try and sell a blessing. But uh, turns out a curse in a way because I don't want to chuck them out and but also need to do something with them. So that's that's the current. It's weird to think that for, like for you, this was a big yeah. order. And I think it's, it sounds like a big order anyway. It sounds like a lot of calendars and yet the prince is just like, Ah, we'll just do it again. We well, yeah, that makes you think. Like, how much what? does it actually cost them? Like, they're willing to. And, and granted, like, I'm I'm doing yeah. a lot of business with them through through different avenues, but it was yeah, it's the biggest order I've ever done. That's for sure. So, well, kudos anyway. Like, God, <laughs> they have good customer service. I can I can tell you that much. Oh, that, that's that's part of that to it. Where I've when I'm when I've been in a situation where I'm on the other side of that where something's gone wrong and usually the you know if the company response is just oh just do whatever anyway then the reason for that is you go look that's why people will stay with us and that, that's 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 yeah that's how you keep that's customers certainly money. my like philosophy is if everything anything like is, is a problem like uh it's it's just replace it like uh it's not worth the hassle of posting anything back it's not nothing like that it's um i know i think it says a lot for someone just to fix the problem and get on with it Anyway, we should probably uh, we should probably wrap this up because uh, yeah, yeah. Well, I've got to go to work soon, and I cannot wait to put this fucking aircon on. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what should, uh, what should people do after listening to the uh, episode, Copes? They should think about what they would do. Follow on for this throne thing we were talking before. Think about what they would do if they could do anything with their time instead of scrolling on their phone. Just so they know what they could replace their time with. Have a think about that. Yeah, I like that, yeah. So if you want all those things, you keep thinking, oh, I wish I did more of that. Work out what that is. And then that way, you, 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 know, you hopefully you get closer to actually doing it. Yep, because then you're halfway there. Then you just got to do is plug your phone away and uh, get started. Because, man, like, just, just 15 minutes of anything a day adds up to uh, half an hour in two days and 45 minutes in three days. So that's quite a lot. Yeah, I like that. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go get a book after this. Did you have a quote you want to leave on? Uh, somewhere. No, I've used that one. No, I do not. <laughs> okay, no worries. You can uh, also have a think about your own quote. <laughs> Why do we have to do all the work? <laughs> we got this far. Jesus. <laughs> all right, I will catch you another time, Gobes. Yep. See you then. Peace.